This is The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry. Last Thursday, Title 42 ended. The Trump-era immigration policy allowed the U.S. to expel migrants seeking asylum at the border without having to consider their asylum requests. The policy was put in place during the height of the COVID pandemic and was justified by the administration at the time as a public health measure. But with the end of the national emergency declaration of COVID, so too came the end of Title 42. On Sunday, U.S. Secretary of Homeland Security spoke with CNN. We have communicated very clearly a vitally important message to the individuals who are thinking of arriving at our southern border. There is a lawful, safe, and orderly way to arrive in the United States that is through the pathways that President Biden has expanded in an unprecedented way. And then there's a consequence if one does not use those lawful pathways. Now, the Trump administration initiated Title 42, but President Biden has maintained it for more than two years. This is the president during a press conference last week. I spent close to an hour with, uh, with the Mexican president today. We're doing all we can, but it remains to be seen. It's going to be chaotic for a while. Joining us now is Faisal Ajubore, who is spokesman for Raices, a nonprofit group defending the rights of immigrants and refugees. And also with us, Camilo Montoya Galvez, who is immigration reporter at CBS News. Faisal, Camilo, thank you both for being here today. Thank, Thank you, Melissa. Camilo, can I begin with you? Can you give me a sense of how the end of Title 42 is affecting those right now who are seeking um, entry into the U.S.? We heard the president talk about chaos at the border. Is that what we're seeing? Sure. So Title 42 was this public health authority that allowed the U.S. to expel hundreds of thousands of migrants to Mexico or their home countries, Melissa, without giving them a chance to seek asylum. And that's normally a requirement under our asylum laws, that we allow people who say that they're fleeing for their lives to at least have a chance to make their case in court or in front of an asylum officer with an interview. That was suspended by Title 42. Now that Title 42 has expired, all migrants need to be processed under regular immigration laws. And if they ask for asylum, they need to be given at the very least an asylum screening with a U.S. asylum officer. So that's the biggest change that people who want to make an asylum claim can now do so. However, the Biden administration is now making it more difficult, Melissa, for people to qualify for asylum in the first place, implementing a regulation that says if migrants cross through a country like Mexico, on their way to the U.S. and did not seek asylum there, then they're not eligible to seek asylum inside of the U.S. That's the big change right now. That also allows the administration to more quickly deport migrants. The administration was preparing for as many as 13,000 migrants to enter border custody per day after Title 42 was lifted. We did see the number of migrant apprehensions soar to 10,000 per day in the lead up to Title 42 ending. But since then, Melissa, those numbers have plummeted to fewer than 5,000 daily migrant apprehensions. So the spike in migration that was anticipated after this policy was lifted has not materialized. I suppose, um, uh, um, Faisal, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm a little um, reticent to believe that sort of a single day and a single policy change would make um, a, a dramatic difference one direction or the other, simply given that 
what we seem to know about people who are migrating is that the reasons for coming are, are really um, rooted in conditions of spaces they're leaving, um, as well as, of course, a belief about the capacity to earn and to create um, a safe life in the U.S. I, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, how likely is it that migrants seeking refuge and seeking asylum know that Title 42 ended? You know, what we're seeing right now is um, probably just you know a shift in patterns uh, based upon uh, some heavy propaganda. Really, at the end of the day, uh, is is how I view it and how we view it at Raices, um, uh, where the U.S. is really reinforcing a message um, that backtracks on its commitment to the human and legal right to asylum, and that's something that has also been reinforced significantly uh, by the media, of course, not um, by Camilla, whose uh, work I very much respect and who has been doing very diligent uh, sort of highlights of uh, what the Biden administration is doing. But what it is doing at the end of the day is perpetuating a lot of the most harmful, harmful policies uh, that the U.S. has espoused. Uh, definitely right now, what rolled out last week is uh you know of the most draconian of the border policies uh, that the administration has uh released to date and what it is doing it is further criminalizing uh you know the immigrant the asylum seeking population and you're right they are coming for the majority are coming for uh fleeing persecution uh fleeing on uh, tenable circumstances in their countries of origin uh, that have many times been, again, perpetuated by you know, the U.S.'s colonialist policies. So uh, at the end of the day, immigration is going to continue. People are going to continue to seek asylum because seeking asylum is seeking survival for themselves and for their families. And, you know, what we are seeing now is something that I think surprised a lot of us in the immigrant rights movement is, uh, you know, as part of uh, the release and the rollout of new policies last week was a program called FIRM, F-E-R-M. It's the Family Expedited Removal Management Program. And, you know, essentially that is putting families that are seeking asylum uh, into expedited removal along with everyone else. Uh, the difference here is that they're not going into a detention facility. They are going into uh, they are being you know released with an ankle monitor and a curfew and uh, being put into immediate expedited removal uh, uh, you know program, which means that they will have limited to no access to uh, legal representation um, just by the nature of expedited removal. The speed up of the process, the efficiencies of the process that they're putting into place uh, end up with you know really negative results for, again, families that are that are seeking the right to live. We're going to take a quick pause right here. We'll have more on the end of Title 42 right after this. I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, the New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. 
So please join me every week for the New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. Back now with more on the ending of Title 42 and the situation at the U.S. southern border. Camilla, I want to come to you because as, as Faisal speaking, I, I keep going back in my head to um, that, you know, sort of brief clip we heard from Secretary Mayorkas, where he said that President Biden has expanded um, legal pathways in an unprecedented way. Um, but then as I'm listening to Faisal speak, I think, well, this this doesn't sound like expanded pathways. Well, I think, Melissa, the truth is somewhere in the middle. The administration is obviously implementing a very sweeping restriction on asylum that marks a major departure from what the president said on the campaign trail when he was competing against former President Donald Trump in 2020. He said he was going to restore access to asylum, and this rule obviously limits that access to people who are not from Mexico because all people who are not from Mexico need to cross into Mexico first before entering the U.S.-Mexico border. But the administration has, at the same time, expanded several programs for migrants to enter the country with the government's permission. So, for example, right now, migrants in Mexico have a chance to secure an appointment to be processed at a port of entry along the U.S.-Mexico border so they can get a court date there and then they are released and are allowed to seek asylum. The U.S. is now distributing about 1,000 of those appointments per day in Mexico for migrants, and about more than 20,000 migrants are being processed through the CBP-1 app each month. In addition, the administration is also allowing migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela to fly to the U.S. directly if they have American sponsors. And that program is allowing up to 30,000 of these arrivals on a monthly basis. So the administration is doing some of that legal immigration expansion that it is highlighting, but at the same time, it is restricting access to asylum because their belief, Melissa, is that if you combine increased consequences, as they call for migrants who enter in between ports of entry without legal permission, with expanded legal migration channels, then you're gradually going to reduce those unlawful border crossings. Uh, so far, you know, in the past few days, we have seen a drop in migration, but it's unclear how long that will continue. And it's also unclear what the direct catalyst for that drop is, because we also know that the governments of Mexico and Guatemala have deployed large numbers of law enforcement officials to their borders to stop migrants from coming to the U.S.-Mexico border in the first place. So that could be a major factor in this current drop, not necessarily the, the impact of new U.S. border policies. Hmm. Faith, I want to come back to you for a final take here, because you began with this notion of um, a kind of media-based and administration-based campaign, right? Like this this discourse. And and I'm wondering, like, even as I'm listening to Camilo say, oh, you know, these are the um, ways that we want to, you know, reduce um, uh, migration and reduce border crossings. But I guess I'm wondering if there's another way to think about immigration and migration rather than kind of a bad that we always want to limit to its um, sort of, you know, to get to its lowest point. 
I would say none of the approaches that we are taking right now in the U.S. are really rooted in a in a humanitarian approach at the end of the day and recognizing what the actual circumstances are uh, that people are fleeing and why people are seeking asylum. I think the the larger conversation to have here, though, is whether or not the U.S. still wants to maintain that legal and human rights, its commitments in federal and international law to asylum, because I think what we've been seeing is a is an is a systematic approach to dismantling asylum. And that can be seen even just with the use of Title 42. Again, it is a public health measure from 1944 that was dusted off uh, as an approach to, again, close the border. Uh, it's something that we were never in favor of. But at the end of the day, you know, people who were expelled through Title 42, it's very different than the Title 8 that's being used right now, which means uh, that when uh, that when you are deported, officially deported under Title 8, um, uh, you will, uh, if you try and, you know, cross back into the U.S., you will face criminal penalties. Um, when you are deported, you are not allowed to, you know, re-seek asylum uh, for five years. Faisal Al-Jaburi is Vice President of Development and a spokesperson for the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. And Camilo Montoya Galvez is immigration reporter at CBS News. Faisal, Camilo, thank you both for being here. Thanks, Melissa. Thank you.